Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Untethering Shame podcast. I'm your host, Kira Wackett, and I can't believe that we are already two weeks into this podcast release, and I've already had the opportunity to connect with so many of you to see just how much this is impacting you. Whether you're learning about shame for the first time and getting started on this journey, you're finding yourself ready to go deeper than you have before, or you found connection to people you never thought possible, I'm excited that you're here. I'm looking forward to the opportunity to learn alongside you, to learn with you, to support you in any way that I can. Today, we're going to dive into a really awesome topic, shame defenses. So if you haven't listened to that first solo episode yet, really breaking down what shame is, start there and then head back over because today we're going to talk about when we feel shame, how it shows up in our life so we can begin to do that work to recognize it and see just how much of an impact it really has on how we show up and live. Shame, or the fear of connection and not belonging, is rooted in our core beliefs that we are inherently not good enough or worthy of love. Others are, but we aren't. As such, the rules are different for us. The expectations are higher, who we have to be and how we have to show up in the world follows a different set of standards. Now, this sounds ridiculous and unfair, and in many ways, tied to our ego. I mean, we all see that, right? We believe both that we're the worst and yet have to be the best to be able to stand in the same room as other people. And yet here we are. And the funny thing is, shame thinks it's being helpful. It thinks that by taking over our thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, it can help us combat this threat. If you just follow shame's rules, no one will see you as less than. We can hide our true selves in favor of the performance and thereby re-secure our connection. But we can all see how this plays out. And honestly, we've been living it for many years. Instead of creating a sense of security, it reinforces our insecurity, relying on external cues, motivation, and validation to guide our behaviors rather than focusing on self-efficacy, our intrinsic worth, and the beliefs and values that root us to ourselves. We become insecure, have difficulty engaging in interpersonal relationships, experience increased symptoms of depression and anxiety, and ultimately lose ourselves in a spiral of shame-based thinking, feeling, and behaving. As you can imagine, this experience can create a lot of tension. Essentially, you swing back and forth from brief bouts of relief when you feel like you've lived up to every expectation and norm, almost immediately overshadowed by panic, fear, and frustration, both afraid you'll never be able to maintain the performance or finding new flaws and cracks to try and cover up. There's no rooting to yourself, only the promise of a lifelong chase for fleeting moments of false security. In this, our body can react from a place of desperation. And this is honestly the riskiest place to be when we fear a crack is or could be exposed. And as a result, shame has created these interpersonal defenses so that in these moments, in these high threat times or zones, we can protect against judgment and rejection. Now, before I go into each of these three defense strategies, I want to note that each of us engages in all three of them. You might see yourself in one more than others or notice that you have primary responses depending on the setting, but none of us are immune to the responses. 
that doesn't make you weak, bad, or mean, even though as you learn about these strategies, your shame is going to try and add more shame to the mix. These are natural responses to a perceived threat. These responses, they're often enacted without our volition or control, and their goal is to try and combat the threat shame encounters in that moment. So in talking about this, we're actively working to make space to recognize when and how these show up for you so that you can be in the work of recognizing these responses and learning to develop different behavioral patterns that are less influenced by shame. Okay, so let's dive in. What are they? The first of the three defenses is called moving towards. Now, when you engage in this defense, you essentially become a people pleaser, a human giver. Your job is about giving your whole self to others, securing connection by being of service to their wants and needs. You're constantly deconditioning yourself out of any wants or needs. Those would be an inconvenience to others and might cause them to leave. Your sense of self becomes rooted in what you do for others rather than who you are. So to sum it up, moving towards is about making yourself small and in service of everyone else. The second is called moving away. When you enact this defense, you believe that genuine connection is all but impossible or will inevitably falter. And as such, you just take yourself out of the running before the race even begins. You isolate, avoid, disengage. You might be doing all the things, but you find yourself in a state of detachment as you go. You minimize any investment of self or hope that connection can exist. This can look similar to moving towards in that you make everything about others and minimize that personal investment or vulnerability. But the goal here is less about trying to build others up and more about protecting them from connecting to you in any real way. This way, it's going to hurt less when they leave or let you down, which shame has already guaranteed in your mind will happen. Now, as a note here, it's not uncommon when we enact the moving away defense that we notice the use of substances such as food, alcohol, or other drugs or behaviors like scrolling through social media, sleeping too much, binge watching Netflix as a means of disconnecting or avoiding. And then the third defense is called moving against. So when we feel shame or a possible threat to connection, we react with anger slinging shame toward everyone around us. This more desperate shame response aims to bring everyone down. It's anchored in the belief that the only way you'll have value or power is to strip it away from other people. Over time, it often leads to greater feelings of shame because we're hurting those around us and it can become very isolating. It creates a power imbalance. And rather than making space for everyone to be seen, we end up casting shadows onto others and perpetuating others' shame spirals. Now, again, I want to reiterate that not only is shame universal, these strategies are inevitable. You have, are, or will act from all three of these places in your life when you feel shame. So as we wrap for today, I want you to spend some time giving yourself grace and space to say you do this and you're not a bad person. Instead, you're a human trying to move through a painful experience. And then with that, I want you to dive deeper into trying to understand when with who, where, and why these strategies present themselves. Who do you find yourself people-pleasing with? Who are you more combative and angry with? When and how and where do you tend to detach, avoid, or pull yourself out of the running? Why might that be? Do you tend to start in one of these roles and then pivot throughout relationships? Are there certain roles or relationships you find yourself constantly playing a specific role? Why? Where did that come from? 
Now, as you reflect on these questions and ideas, feel free to send me a voice memo, drop me an email, leave me any sort of comment on any platform that works best for you so that I can know what's coming up for you and support you as you dive deeper into these topics. As you listen to each of the stories every week where others are sharing about their own shame journey and experiences, I want you to notice where and how these defenses may be showing up in their stories to build connection and depth to our understanding. This creates something called universality. So where we can see how someone else might enact those defenses, sometimes it can make it more accessible for us to be able to see how we do that as well. Thank you for being with me in another one of our solo episodes. I am so looking forward to continuing to have these with you where we get those bite-sized pieces to dive deeper into that topic. And it allows us to hear those beautiful stories on such a different level. For now, be with yourself, find peace again in the process of doing this work. And I will see you all back here next Sunday. 